Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and this is the podcast where I sit down with an artist friend and we watch an episode of the beloved 1980s sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we discuss the episode, and anything and everything else we can think of that relates to it. It is here. It is finally here. We have made it. We are now in season two. Hallelujah. We get Joe. We get the cafeteria. We get the new lyrics to the theme song. There is just so much happy happening in this episode. And we had such a good time watching it and talking about it. I really recommend that you watch it first. It's on the website. Check it out at facethefactspod.com. But if you don't get a chance to see it, hopefully we'll make it equally as entertaining. And after suffering through season one, I think the joy that we radiate in our voices is uh, quite palpable. My guest this week is Matthew Arder. As I promised, he is back as my recurring season premiere guest. If you didn't catch him in Season 1, Episode 1, I also recommend you go back and listen to that one, too. He is a hysterically funny actor, singer, improviser, musician, drag performer. I just I love hanging with him so much. He and I watched both parts of the show. We watched Parts 1 and 2 of this week's episode, The New Girl. And so that means this is going to be a two-part podcast. My first. Ooh. But we're very lucky. That means we get two doses of Matthew and feedback that I've gotten from my twos of listeners tell me that he is already a fan favorite. So the episode we watched was The New Girl Part 1, which originally aired on November 19th of 1980. I am so ready to jump on in Here we go. This is me with Matthew Arder. I am so happy right now. Why? I am sitting in my office with Matthew Arder. Oh my, oh, we're started. Yes, we started. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of? What do you think? I just tell my friends I'm happy? What kind of a freak you think I am? I thought there'd be a story. I am so happy because Matthew and I just watched... The New Girl, part one and part two. And were I a, don't know. I don't want to know the person that that doesn't make happy. Yeah, ex- uh, thank you. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't care for, the, if you watch these episodes, if you've been watching along and you didn't like them, stop. Just stop listening to this podcast right now. Well, because, you've only got to season one, so yeah. You know. How could you? I mean, if you've watched season one and now you get to this one, come on. Yeah. This was so beyond pleasurable. To... It was a marked difference. I mean... Ugh. And you would know better than me because I don't research that. Were the writers the same? No. We have... Let's Well, let's do our thing. Um, first of all, Matthew Arder, welcome back to the show. You can see we're very excited to talk about this episode. We are. We've, we've been skipping right over the introductions. I promised that after the delightful research you did before season one, episode yeah. one, you are now a staple of this podcast that you will always be our season premiere guest. Our, when I say our, I mean my. Uh-huh. Um, because you showed up with some 
interesting factoids. And let's that what you talked about before is a perfect segue. Who were the writers of this? Season two of The Facts of Life, mm-hmm. the only reason it exists mm-hmm. is because NBC's ratings, which we previously talked about being in the shitter, yeah. continued to be in the shitter. Yeah. Yeah. And The that Facts of Life of registered, research. what, 74th after its first season? Yes. And yeah, it registered 74th. Now, other shows have done that before. Yeah. And this is another one. Like, Cheers start was like 86th or something, yeah. the season that it that it premiered. But the thankful thing is that because the ratings, because the, the network was in such bad shape, it had nothing to lose. Right. And it had uh, nothing to spend <laughs> on a better show. So they literally were like, we have a show that's already up and running. Let's fix the show we've got rather than go through all the hell of developing and creating a new show. Right. And they brought in these two writers named Linda Marsh and Margie Peters. Mm. And I don't know whatever happened to Linda Marsh. She's still alive, according to the internet. Margie Peters frequently appears on the retrospective uh, interview shows, the ones, and I'll post some of them, but they the extra feature documentary that was on the biography channel, the ones that's on the DVDs. Margie Peters does do interviews and she talks about what happened. She and Linda Marsh were writing partners and they had written some for One Day at a Time, which is a, that's a very good place to go to say, we have this show about girls, about females, feminine ideas. Maybe number one, let's get some female writers. Crazy concept. Mm. But to say, oh, they wrote for one day at a time. They would probably be able to do something with this show. So they were brought in and offered to take over running the show for Facts of Life. And they watched some and they went into the interview and said, we don't like the show. We're really not interested in this. And thankfully, the network said, no, we (laughs) kind of don't like it either. We want you to fix it. And they said, okay, there's three main things that bothered us that we would want. Just the three? Only three, yeah. Wow. They they boiled it down. I guess so. (laughs) But they said um, three things. Number one, would you get that girl off those goddamn roller skates? Okay, yeah. That was a big thing. Wow, that was, okay. That was, that might have been a minor thing to me. (laughs) I'm not saying that was number one. I'm saying it was one of them. That would have been like the first, like, you know, eventually we'll get her on. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Like, of all the problems of season one, that was a big one for them. Okay. And in in multiple interviews in two different shows, she says, Who wears skates indoors? That was crazy. And it's like, that is such a female mom thing that never in 13 episodes did I say who wears skates indoors that never occurred to me either it's just the fact that she's always on the damn things secondly she says we have got to fix the costumes this short shorts and the tight shirts these girls are children they are teenagers Mm. that is inappropriate and they said we would want to adjust the costuming and they were like okay and the last thing they said is, there are too damn many girls. Mm. We need to cut it down and focus it. And the network said, do it. You're hired. They said, we'll take the job. And then they set out to create what we just saw. Which they did a wonderful job. God bless. <laughs> there were two things that contributed to the addition of Joe Polachek to the cast. Mm. Number one was, I should say, contribute to Nancy McKeon. 
in the cast. Number one was the movie Little Darlings came out, mm-hmm. which pitted Butch Dykey Christy McNichol against Prissy Prim and proper rich girl Tatum O'Neill. And it was, I guess, a hit? At the time, Oscar winner Tatum O'Neill. Um, that's she, right. She had won for Paper Moon in like 73. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. She was the... Is she still the youngest or is did Anna Paquin? Oh, I don't know. Anna Paquin might have knocked her out. It was still... If it, if it was, it was close. I think it still is Tatum. I think Tatum still has the youngest, but not by lot. Um, but the thing is, so that movie came out and somebody, I don't know if it was Norman Lear or one of the producers or somebody said, that would be an interesting dynamic, having a tough chick who could really face off against Blair because Lisa Welchel is so fucking good and so fucking strong. She really is. We can, it's like, how do we take and really use that to its best effect? And then there was a Hallmark commercial where they watch this young girl open up a card that her dad gave her. And I think, I don't know if she cries in the commercial or she comes close to crying, but they looked at it and said, look at how, what a good actress that young actress is. We should have her read for this. Yeah. And Nancy fucking McKeon, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, just, wow. I mean, now, again, these writers, it was one of those moments where it just finally clicked. It just, mm-hmm. the whole thing clicked. They got, you know, even if they had brought in these women and had the same cast back, would it have had the same effect? You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. Because there were some terrible actresses in that first yeah. season. Yeah. So the fact that they got four really good, they did keep the best. They they, uh, they did. They make, panned for gold. They found the needles yeah. in the haystack. And they, they kept them. And so good for them. Yeah. And, and to the point of not... We okay. We need to keep four of the girls we have. They were like, no. Yeah. We're gonna literally get rid of the dead weight. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible to say that these girls are teenagers, but the writers. No, I wrote weren't... down how many fat jokes were in this episode. <laughs> Don't you worry, I got them. And there but was the our thing first is... one for this episode, ladies but, and gentlemen. But, but the first thing is that it's it is that not just we're gonna get rid of four out of seven but we're going to bring in a new one that's yeah. like that is how that's how bad they were it's like we need one actress yeah. and I joke that when Nancy McKeon walks in if you listen closely you can hear the click it's almost audible of the show yeah. falling into place Yeah, it is so electric and I, I am so happy to have sat and watched a good episode oh, and to be talking about nice it. It's nice to get into the seasons where we can just talk about the love of the show. Yes. And I, I, I wrote some stuff about that in this episode where, <coughs> pardon me, it just clicked. Like mm-hmm. how this was popular among young gay boys like us. And uh, uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. The, and the cattiness and the bitchiness. It's like, God, B. Arthur. And, and the gay undertones. Angela. Oh, Jesus. Oh, like, Matthew, how many times yeah. during the show you were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I almost watching the show, I almost wanted to do a live stage production of it and just really but play the yeah. play up that with mm. the exact same lines because it's like they are yes. setting up. <laughs> it's just like they might as well have run it across like on a train across the t- screen. It might as well have said they are falling in love. Uh. <laughs> 
But I brought, you know, my my um, contribution is always the history. I'm a history buff, David Almeida. Do it. All right. Are you? Go right so ahead, I Matthew. Give me some history. Because I think it's important to know the things that were going on in the world. Please. When Facts of Life Season 2 <laughs> made its premiere. Elucidate us. Um, Please. Well, I don't want to waste any elucidation. I mean, it's <laughs> the radio. So... Um, but it was season two and it premiered when, David Almeida? The show we are watching premiered in September of 1980. That's a lie. What? November. Oh, it premiered late. It premiered late along with everything because there was an actor's strike in Hollywood. I did not know this. And the actors weren't working. Oh, and that's why the season is short. This is not a full, it's like a 16 or, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's why. And... Shows that were supposed to premiere that season often waited until 82 or 83. They held them out till 82 or 83. And some didn't even get premiered at all. Wow. Because of this actor strike. No wonder Charlotte Ray is so thin. She had no, no work and couldn't eat. I wrote about that. Yeah. But, um, um, and it, so November 4th, 1980, I believe. Is that what I said? November 4th. Yeah. I typically look that up for the intro bumper. I forget to look at that for this. Yeah. Why didn't I write that down? Um, but um, in that year, just recently, uh huh. Um, no, it wasn't November fourth. It was November eighteenth. Okay, or something like that. Anyway, I can I can look it up while you talk. Um, but um, Jimmy Carter had just lost the the presidential election to Ronald Reagan. Yes. Um, and some of the things that were going on in Hollywood, Ordinary People was the best picture that year in nineteen eighty. Really? So when they were filming this wonderful Mary Tyler Moore, directed by Robert Redford. The wonderful. Interestingly enough, Ordinary People won Best Picture, but no, but neither of the lead actors won Best Actor oh. that year. De Niro won it for, um, what's it, Scott? And Sissy Spacek won it for Coal Miner's, Miner's Daughter. Now, on TV, Taxi was still big. This was the beginning of the late night dramas, the late night soaps. Oh, like um, Dynasty and Dynasty Dallas. Dynasty hadn't come around yet, but Dallas, Lou Grant. Oh, was, yes. Was winning. MASH, um, which was considered a comedy. Yeah. And Soap and... Um, yeah, Soap had been around a, a couple years. Soap yeah. was like 78 or so, 77, 78. Um, the New Girl Part 1... Ran November 19th. Yeah. New Girl Part 2 was November 26th. So it did run in two parts. It was not a special one-hour season premiere. It was just November. Wow. That's two months. Later than typical. Wow. Okay. So on... What else? Like, CBS was still the powerhouse. Uh, well, it... Interestingly, ABC, we discussed last last season how ABC... Yeah. Was... um was the the clear winner well cbs cbs had, overtook it stepped in cbs during while the facts of life was languishing in 74th place yeah they um, were creating dallas and magnum pi and mash and lou grant and wkrp yeah dukes of hazard yeah one day at a time archie bunker's place all those and over on abc you had your classics the laverne and shirley bosom buddies and mork and mindy Mm -hmm. So the comedies were on that yeah. channel. And uh, Three's Company and That's Incredible were the two yeah. top-rated ABC shows. 
Um, and that's what I have for that research. Okay. Well, you're let welcome. Me, uh, you're you're ve- I thank you dearly for that. Let's take it to the next step. And um, I did pull after we talked last season. I did pull up the actual top thirty shows, oh. which is in also Wikipedia, so we know it's true. Yeah. But this was it's interesting. This is where CBS took a, a strong lead mm-hmm. ahead of ABC. Last season, ABC had the top five shows, all of them. Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Mork and Mindy's, Happy Days, Angie. CBS had the next two, 60 Angie. Minutes, MASH. Angie, I know. That's that's because it was a lead-in from the Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company block. And Angie ended up at number five. What the fuck? Nobody ever talks about Angie. No, that show had no longevity. <laughs> ABC, The Ropers, number eight. Oh. The Ropers was number eight. Oh, we were and starved for entertainment, kids. We were. There was only there was only three channels. Oof. Remember that. All in the Family was number nine because it was winding up and we had lost Mike and Gloria. Yeah, nineteen eighty eight was um Archie Bunker. Yeah, that's place. right. This was that was the last season. Or as of, we call it, the beginning of the end. Yeah. The long the Ugh. long goodbye. It was like Jesus. But then CBS had all in the family, but then back to ABC. Taxi, eight is enough, Charlie's Angels. Of the top twelve shows. ABC had nine of them mm. the previous season when Facts of Life. Right. Where was NBC's first? Like, I think it was Different Strokes, but what no, place? No, Little did... House on the Prairie, number 14. <laughs> oh, God. And number two. I would rather eat a live cat than sit through an episode of Little House <laughs> on the fucking Prairie. It's, I just can't watched take it. it. We watched it. It's yes, very, everybody watched it. It's everybody... very precious and twee nowadays. But, yeah. Uh, Duck! I can't. I, I mean, as a kid, I remember thinking, "Where do they poop?" <laughs> like I remember thinking, "Like how awful life had to been back then." I'm like, "They're." T- I remember they're taking their lunch at fucking school in a bucket. Right? <laughs> they thing. did. They did. Come on, and you know, Michael Landon reeked. You know, it was like they didn't have deodorant. Yeah. He would, oh no, he, he worked out in the fields, and yeah, of course. And that oh. Bitch. That Mrs. Uh, Olsen. Harriet uh, Olsen. Just come on. You're a cartoon. <laughs> oh, for heaven's oh, sake. The mugging. It was, her, I it was her catchphrase. For heaven's sake. Like any woman was that much of a mugger yeah. back in Walnut Grove. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. We watched it. I agree with you. It's In hindsight, it's pretty unwatchable. It really is. Okay. And how did they age? It was like... It was well, it only on for listen- like five years, but like what's a pussy became like a fucking forty year old. Remember, towards the end after Mary went blind, I gave up. I, oh. gave, I was like, "Come on!" Oh, you didn't stick around for when Mary's blind husband got uh, struck by lightning yes. and it blew his eyes back in. Oh, for fuck's sake, Michael when they, Landon! When they when they <sighs> adopted a bunch of new kids because yes, the other ones, Willie, who no, was Willie. I remember no, when no, no. Willie came Will along. Albert was the new one. Albert. Nellie, Nellie and Willie Olsen were there. But then when they grew up, they added Nancy Olsen. And they the adopted a girl. Wally had a kid or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. But it did end up, you know, with The Little House, A New Beginning. That was their aftermath. And Melissa Gilbert was like 16 playing 18-year-old grown-up married with children, Laura Ingalls Wilder. She married Wally or something like that, didn't she? Almanzo. Manly. Mm. Manly. And he was, too. He was hot. Um, but moving on. So that was that was where we were before Facts of Life premiered was the stuff that we discussed. So mm-hmm. now in the season we are we've just covered yes. in Facts of Life's first season, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS takes a strong lead. First place, 60 minutes. Yeah. Well, didn't that have um, Baba Wawa on it? N- no, she was ABC. She oh, was she was 2020. 2020, yes. <laughs> ABC. Um, number two show, Three's Company. Number three show, That's Incredible. ABC Three's Company? or ABC what? Three. So we have okay. CBS is 60 Minutes. ABC is the next two. Okay. That Three's Company, That's Incredible. Then the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows are mm-hmm. CBS, Alice, <laughs> MASH, oh. Dallas, oh. Flow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't going to last long. Spin off for Alice. Can you imagine the party they were having? Oh, my God. The Jeffersons. The Dukes of Hazzard. One Day at a Time. And Archie's Bunker Place still at number 11. People were not letting go of him. No. But number 11. Then number 12 and 13, back to ABC. Eight is Enough and Taxi. God. And then uh, CBS, number 14, House Calls. Life, it was tough. Kids. It was. The struggle was real. Oh. And then in Tide number 14, so the 15th one was NBC, Real People, and Little House on the Prairie. So NBC clocks in first again, 14th. NBC cannot break the top 13 shows again. Oh, don't you just wish you could go back in time, go to an NBC executive meeting by just fucking wait yeah, boys yeah. there's so a Nancy man drugging women and raping them <laughs> well after that you would say there's a lesbian about to walk into facts of life oh, oh, and okay. change y'all bitches lives <laughs> i was thinking cosby who saved the network <laughs> yeah okay no, nancy no, but no. in my mind nancy mckeon saved everything That's... um who doesn't think that? So, not to belabor this point, too late. NBC only clocks in three or four more here. NBC, uh, like I said, Real People overtook Little House on the Prairie. Wow. And then um, then Chips at number 18. How? I, I don't know. And then Different Strokes, 26. Different Strokes stuck in there in the top 30, and it was 27 the previous year. So Different Strokes moved up a whole point. Uh, but didn't act as a good lead-in for the Facts of Life now, did it? Because no. Facts of Life isn't anywhere near. That must have made Edna Garrett feel pretty. That makes Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte Ray feel pretty good. <laughs> See, oh, really? The season I leave? Yeah. The season it, yeah. y'all go Yeah, up it in goes up in my show tanks. <laughs> yeah, the only reason, yeah, really, the only reason I'm saved is because the network's in the shitter. Um, so, yeah, we are still, we need something in the Facts of Life and to yeah. to say we got it. And the last quick bit I'm going to throw in here mm-hmm. is as we progress, I always talk about how old the girls are The when we refer to the girls, the ages of the girls. Okay. I want to point out all of the five actresses. And now we have a show where the five main actors are actresses, are female. That First kind time of ever. Wasn't, not even one day at a time? Oh, because no. Pat Harrington, you're right. Yeah. yeah, no, I believe you're right. It is historical in that sense because they don't have a male in the opening credits. Uh, curious thing, of the five women, all of them April or May birthdays. Yikes. So the good thing is, for the entire duration of the season, they are always one age. They don't have a birthday. We don't have to say, is she 13 or 14 or whatever. Right. So as we begin season two, Lisa Welchel is 17. Kim Fields is 11. She's <laughs> playing 13 because Tootie is two years older than Kim. And Kim Fields is the... A- brilliant actress she's great she can she can handle 13 yeah 
Mindy Cohn is 14. God love her. Nancy McKeon, also. 27. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The shock is the other way. Nancy McKeon is also 14. Jeez. Nancy McKeon is a full three years younger than Lisa Welchel. She is a month older than Mindy Cohn. And yet, God, I when I real I was uh, for how good we look at this and say, God, Nancy McKeon is so good and is such a good actress and squares off with Lisa Welchel, and she's three years younger? <laughs> Holy fuck! Nancy McKeon, you have all the props. You get all the snaps. You are doing the shit you're doing that we just watched, and you are four fucking teen. Mm. You go batch. <laughs> and Charlotte Ray is 54, in oh, case anyone needs God, to love know. Her. Charlotte Ray is four years older than I am. Um, <laughs> we'll just leave that there. So let's start talking about the episode. As always, mm-hmm. I am asking you, my guest, to synopsize oh, The New Girl Part 1. Don't mm. dare spoil any part of Part 2. Okay. Matthew Arder, give me a two-sentence synopsis. Okay. This week on The Facts of Life, hit it. Well, the girls meet a lesbian. <laughs> Correct. We're done. Um, not um, to be reductive. Not to be stereotyping or no, but anything. I mean, we, we don't believe in stereotypes. Fine. We will no longer talk about lesbianism for the rest of the show <laughs> so the podcast what? is going to be about four minutes long <laughs> why, why did you cross your fingers and put them behind your back this episode is chock full of lesbian it's, jokes it's yeah every single one these girls are clearly setting us up you you'd almost like to like run this at a lesbian bar and listen for the oh right from oh, the crowd the, i bet you the women would uh yeah you, should, you should have had a lesbian should, on this first you, episode instead of me. I, I thought you were... A, no, I don't do lesbianism. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> so, which I actually did try it once. <laughs> How many I, times am I going to snort? But I shan't. I did try it once. But, you did? Um, I'm not a gold star gay. You're not a gold star no, gay. we're not going to talk about that because... <laughs> it leaves a, <laughs> <laughs> And it's not. I'm not doing that as a gay man talking about sex with a woman because I I definitely enjoy my share of straight porn, but it was just <laughs> that particular one. Oh, I I'm not telling the corn story, on a anyway. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Joe Watson. I, I am. By the way, I am a gold star gay. Yes, you are. Yes, the only time I'm... your face has touched a vagina was when. The day you were born. Exactly. And <laughs> there are platinum star, our, our friend Christian, the wonderful Christian Damon. Christian is a platinum. What does a platinum gay mean? He was a C-section birth. So he's never uh, even passed through. He's like black card. He's like, <laughs> yeah. But what okay. I say is, even though I'm adopted, mm-hmm. um, if you if you were to come over and feel my head... My the lumps and well, misshapen. David, that's the best offer I've had in a long time. So. <laughs> I have a lot of lumps for, by how misshapen my skull is under my hair. I'm pretty sure I was a, a vaginal birth. Oh, because like the, the C-section, forceps, and yep. Because <laughs> C-section, C-section, you get the most beautiful head dome babies. You really do. Okay, I think that's another piece of the puzzle to our listening audience (laughs) thank you this we we i strive to provide information to people that's really what i'm trying to do yeah sometimes oversharing moving on (laughs) 
Let's begin this episode. We start from the beginning. Because it's like a new beginning. It's like a new pilot. It really well, is. And it really, the very first in the episode, is, or in the opening credits. Yes. The first thing you see is the four of them with their mm-hmm. arms around each other. Yeah. Behind the counter. Yeah. Watch. I like to watch that over and over again and just watch one of them. Mm-hmm. And then watch the next one. Rewind it and watch the next one. <laughs> just because like, and you know, when you film those situations, you're like, I look like an asshole, but yeah. I'm supposed to look like I'm having a great time. But someone just told a hilarious joke. Yeah. And it's like, you know, from being in the business, we know that they are standing on a sound stage with a camera in front of them. And somebody's off to the side going, look real like you're having a great time. Look yeah. like you like each other, yeah, girls. E- exactly. And they're like, ha, 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 so we know how awkward that was, and Blair is showing every second of that awkwardness. Oh, is she? Yes. So yeah. watch Blair. She, I feel like Blair's just kind of like, <laughs> and she towards <laughs> the end of the shot, you can see she is not having it. Yeah, but and that's that is so odd because it's just okay. Enjoy yourself. It's so and opening. I love opening themes and watching the yes. clips and then discovering the clips later in the show. That gives me life. That is the best. And in this ever. new theme song. In this new opening theme, all of the clips are from the show except that one, which is the title says starring, meaning we are presenting you the entire cast. Now we're going to break it down. And if you are a fan from the first season, yeah, this is the new beginning. You're like, who the fuck is that? Because <laughs> yeah. already they're showing you, bitch, this ain't your own, your, this ain't your grandma's facts of life. <laughs> it's like, well, where's the rest of them? Then it's there's like, this dark-haired girl that you've never seen or heard of before. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's a that's a lot tighter shot than I thought it would need. Um, but in the opening theme, the only other thing that's weird is that um, the the clips that where you see the title of the card, Lisa Welchel, mm-hmm. underneath her saying a line in an episode, Kim Fields's title um, credit yeah. is a clearly one of those, okay, Kim, look in the camera and yeah. smile. Yeah. Why? For no reason. Why just her? And I tried to notice, as because of that, while we watched the episode, I tried to see. I was like, well, they could have used that shot. Yeah. They could have used yeah, that shot. Yeah, it's like there aren't enough credit pictures of two. In particular, like the cute ones, like the, the one of her on the blackboard turning and like, yeah. she has moments like that. They, yeah. they told, it was so weird. I why didn't they, know why they did that. They I felt they didn't have something for her. Why they did that. That's very weird. Um but uh, yeah, so we begin our show mm. where it belongs in the cafeteria, where apparently the girls are stopping by the cafeteria for no reason whatsoever, as opposed to going to their dorms where they're going to live. Right, where last season they all hung out between classes, but now this season they hang out at the cafeteria. Uh, yeah, for no reason. For no reason, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, the first thing Natalie is there. In- Fat joke number one no. coming at you. <laughs> not a fat joke oh really it's a, it's a carb joke she mm-hmm. looks at the buffet that's out and there's some fruit there's some bananas and apples and she goes like ah grabs a bagel grabs a bagel and, and that, it's also, that's i would i would um argue that's a jewish joke yeah Matthew. so but it's layered because it also is it's a, a jewish joke it's a fat and a jewish <laughs> right well done facts well of done, life ladies. writers touche yeah. <laughs> but we haven't even spoken a line of dialogue and this is already art <laughs> um okay so 
the then Tootie comes in mm-hmm. and it's Tootie and Natalie. Hey, oh my God, now I see you. It's been all summer. Kim Fields has grown. She is taller. Yeah. yeah. And they've put her in some boots that have like a look like a two inch heel to them also to help her along. Yeah. But even without that, it is clear she doesn't look like yeah. a little child anymore. Right. And reiterating, she is now 11. Right. She is a little fucking child. But yeah. thankfully, she's grown and she doesn't look so completely different from the others. Hallelujah. Right. Tootie talks about some... Um, escapades at her summer camp. Underground gay humor coming up. But please elaborate. She stole a man's shorts. Yes. Really? Do, do gay people do that? Uh. <laughs> okay. You're gonna so she... tell me if Zac Efron's next to you in the locker room at the Y, you don't... and he drops his underwear <laughs> on the ground and walks away. You're not gonna put your fucking face in that. <laughs> I am. I would knock you over to get to the Zundies. Wow. And I would sniff them. That is all. And and I was accused of oversharing five minutes ago, Matthew. No, I'm pointing out the reality of life. A fact fact of of life. life. That that is a a (laughs) gay thing. And here's your first gay reference. Like for all the gays watching the show, they're like... Hell yeah, she took those underwear yeah, it, from a guy. It was, it was a bathing suit, I believe. And she, yeah. yeah but, she produces it. She's like, okay, I went on summer camp and I had I fun. went on a panty raid. I went on a panty raid. Yeah. And she holds up a bathing suit. And the best part is, another wink to the gay community. Natalie goes, who were they, who were they on? And she goes, I don't know. That would ruin it. <laughs> yes. Because if you find a pair of random underwear, you're not picturing Gene Shalit taking them off and and dumping them down there, are you? You're picturing Zac Efron, or you're hoping it's Zac Efron. Or or it would be John Travolta. Back then, it would have been John Travolta. And there's your bridge. And not the guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. Not... Not the Gabe Kaplan. Not We're hoping Gabe it's Kaplan. John Travolta's underwear, not John Gabe Travol- Kaplan. Not Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so fat joke and a gay reference. Fat joke, gay reference. Already. Jewish jokes. We are on a fucking roll. Yeah. Um, and then Blair comes in. Yes. And we meet Blair. Lisa Welchel, now with some highlights in her hair. This is, we are now beginning the Lisa Welchel artificial hair color journey. But she's also 17. And, and she's grown up. And she but looks But also, awesome. are they highlights? Or was she, she was just on vacation, summer vacation, so. They're highlights. But I mean, but I mean. Being oh, you mean gorgeous. on the show? Were they, were her, hi, were her highlights playing natural? No, I mean, did Lisa Welter show back up for day one and be like, just came from Malibu. Uh, no. Was out on the beach and my hair is blonder. No. Because I had blonder hair when I would go out in the sun when I was a kid. Compared to the, her hair is... I am a natural blonde. Are you? Yes. <laughs> That's what it says on the bottle. Natural blonde number 42. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Citizens of Hollywood joke. I will show you. Hi, Jamie Lynn Marcus. Um, so She ain't listening to this shit. Hey, hey. <laughs> wow. But, um, so, but she has got her highlights and, uh, you know, compared to the her hair last season, which was clearly a natural blonde... That was starting to darken as she is aging like it have. I was a blonde child as well, my dear, and it went brown very, very quickly. Um, so it's fine. She looks great. We're not, we're not, there's no criticism. There's no judgment here. Just FYI, for those who want the important facts and information, we, we now have highlights. Also, I am a natural blonde. 
I didn't say you weren't. Oh, we're still talking about the show. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so she comes in, and what do we get? We get a Blair Warner luggage joke. <laughs> we had it last season for the Spring Break Molly's Holiday episode. And as I said, rich people having too much luggage, comedy evergreen. Always. Always. Always, never, not funny. Yeah. So Blair comes in. But the interesting thing, I did mention this with Trinell, I think, in episode 12, where when she comes in, if you listen, she's like, uh, Blair, you only have that one suitcase? And she says, oh, that's just for my makeup. The wardrobe's coming later in the truck. I know. That's... Listen, her Texas twang is, it's very apparent. Yeah. Very apparent. She loses it quickly but yeah. it was just like oh yeah that's just for my makeup is there's a lot of uh, flats and eyes yeah. and in that and so in the beautiful exposition of this episode um did you hear mrs garrett she's been promoted to the dietitian that's what i love about a premiere episode is the very broad updates of what yeah. how the show has changed yeah. the dramatic like oh i don't know if you noticed archie bunker's the president now yeah. <laughs> or if yeah. it's always like so poorly written into a line well ever since archie became the president of the united states yeah <laughs> what? wait what <laughs> last week he was the taxi driver what yeah. happened so but, i yeah. love the very broad like yeah. life-changing things that you didn't get to see i wish don't you just wish it was oh and you heard about mr bradley you know went to hawaii and was killed in that volcanic eruption or so, wouldn't it have been great to heard mr bradley fucking died my favorite one ever is the designing women episode i watched after suzanne sugarbaker left was yeah. fired and they make one line because everybody's mad at delta burke at yeah, the time yeah. they weren't going to give her a fucking second they didn't have yeah. to give and Suzanne or um, Julia turns to the room and goes, out of nowhere, well, ever since Suzanne moved to Japan, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They did that on Valerie. Yeah. It was like an episode about Very nothing. It's like, wow, things sure have been tough since mom died. I'm going to go get some bagels now. Who wants a schmear? Yeah. It was like, what? What? And because we got to get to the second plot line, we're burning down your house. Yeah. Like there's a fire in your house. Yeah. That was the second part. And they find the picture of the mom. (laughs) In in Valerie? Yeah. I I didn't watch Valerie. When it became Valerie's family. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I, that's actually second, second hand. I heard that, that Valerie reference. I did not speak that from experience. I apologize. You're talking to a huge homo. (laughs) I don't get started on the Valerie story. Oh, let's not, let's not go there. Cause we have, we have so So much other ground to cover here. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we learned Mrs. Garrett is now the dietitian. She's been promoted. Yeah. To the live-in dietitian, because the person that decides your menu, yeah, you give them housing. That's mm-hmm. that's common. I don't know of a private school that doesn't do that. Right. Um, to so, the dietitian, but not the chef. Yeah. But thank you. <laughs> di- yeah. Precisely. That we meet later. Um, so she's the dietitian. Uh, thank God she didn't need any of her registered nursing skills, any of her flying skills, right. her beautician skills. Um, it's you know her toilet cleaning skills mm-hmm. she she cleaned them drumming toilets and yeah. move she's moving on up and no sooner do we mention this about mrs garrett mm-hmm. that we hear the dulcet tones of charlotte ray screaming arnold <laughs> and in comes gary coleman because 
This show needs a fucking boost still. Yep. We need the ratings. We're going to make Gary Coleman a special guest star. Yeah. We're going to give him two lines. Yep. And and he does it. God, he's brilliant. <laughs> he great. is so good. Okay. Um, so she comes in and she's chasing him because he has taken a lobster. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want this lobster to be cooked. This is like my pet. He's mm-hmm. my friend. And they make jokes about it. Um, and it's fine because, you know, private girls school of mm-hmm. high school Junior high age, you serve them lobster at the cafe at the at the cafeteria on for, a Tuesday <clears throat> for on the day they arrive for housing. It's not even a real school day, but um and not only like lobster from like a Sam's Club, like re- live lobster. Yeah, no, it was a real like, live lobster, not like a bag from the public's frozen food section. Yeah, lobster no, it, meat. Y- no. They should have had a. They should have had a trainer yeah. they must have had a lobster trainer on these girls set. are gonna be like i'll have the lobster yeah the, sir, i can see blair ordering the surf and turf <laughs> um so then we hear brum, we hear the motorcycle we do get a another fat comment D- from we? edna garrett talks about how much weight she's lost oh that's right i'm sorry i missed a line here yes they talk about how thin mrs garrett and damn right and yes she is and i had to wonder was like, was NBC, like, we watched the first season? Oh, and, uh, no. Take off a, p- a few. I, I, I have to wonder. I Because, I you think, know, they put Blair in a fat farm. Yeah, but that was that was later, and Blair was expected to be the pretty one. I mean, it's like she already had motherly matronly. I, I don't know. Maybe it might have been a directive. Anyway, but so, it's significant. number two. But, but she has a... It's, I mean, it's significant, and she looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really is slim it's not a little thinner no but it's like she looks slim and later she's in a pantsuit and it's like it is hard if you have an overweight woman who is bottom heavy as she was Mm. it's like she was in pants and was rocking the pants yeah um in addition to uh her she says she lost 25 big ones i would say maybe another five to ten were lost in her hair Mm. yeah and but none of it in her face or head. No. Oh, I think so. No, I think she's like, she has she just, didn't wasn't. Just she looked more... like a bobblehead to me. Now that she's lost the weight, like the head looked huge to me. Well, I think part of it's the hair problem. Well, that, yeah, that, I wonder they, what that's they, about. It didn't occur to them to tie the bun back tighter. It was like it just her body deflated and her hair just yeah deflated. It's Lots not a very. Hair. It's it's a little loose and they still are teasing it a little bit, but not a lot. They were like, we don't know how to do her hair if we're not trying to offset her pear-shaped body and it's and, like i have to wonder is this the first season with her real hair uh, it was always her real hair it was just super duper teased come on that thick hair went uh, away all the hairpins you saw in the back but that thick hair thick whether or not overnight because that then suddenly it's like let's try to dye it that color they didn't make it um, they, it's like a deep purple I, fucking hair. I put forth there is not a wig <laughs> in the 1970s that could pass for real. Like n- wigs in 1979, 1980, trying to f- film a, a wig on a TV show, a contemporary wig. On that first season, you don't think Edna Garrett was wearing a wig? I do not. Are you high, Clary? What? I am not. I think that oh, was her hair. It was Mary just Tyler, teased. Mary Tyler Moore wasn't wearing a fall in the first season of the Mary Tyler Moore show. I believe, yeah. I believe okay. that was. Okay. I'm just making sure. I, I'm, I'm not sure 100% no, of that, that but I, I'm more willing to believe that. No, in the close-ups, you can see her, you can see her uh, roots. Okay. 
right at the at the it was base. A fall at least that wasn't all her hair. I I think it might have been. <laughs> well, here's my thing: if it was a wig, wouldn't it look fucking better than that? She's wouldn't they have bump it? Anyways, but they did not simulate the hair color very well on they, they, Charlotte. No, this is a little darker, and she goes darker even still on in season three. She goes into a really deep copper. So yeah. she's just working it and trying on different things because she's got a new body. She's, honey, she is fifty four and ready for she likes some to kick. And stretch and kick. So, yes, they do comment how thin and she, her joke is, it's the inflation diet. You eat what you can afford. Oh, relevant, relevant. Relevant, topical. Yeah. Okay, we've got the Jewish joke. We got that. We got fat. Yeah. We got relevant. They are crushing Killing it. Killing it already. These writers. <laughs> and Man. we have already, we're already on board and not missing the other girls at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't recall thinking, but where's Sue Ann? Yeah, no, where's... not once, <laughs> not once. But but is Roger and on they the didn't phone? Even... Is that is Roger gonna call for Nancy? Where's Mr. Bradley? <laughs> yeah, not Mah- once. Miss Mahoney. We're five minutes in and we already don't care what yeah, happened. We're, we're like, like, oh, we... she's the dietitian now. Choo choo, on board, on Let's board, go. totally on board. Taken off from this station. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they say that we hear the joke, we hear the sound of Joe's motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, someone says, "What? what's that? It's a motorcycle. And Mrs. Garrett looks out the window and re- refers to uh, something about the motorcycle being parked in my flower bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the new school year. You're the dietitian. Are you the fucking landscaper too? You planted flowers? She's an old lady. What's she got to do all summer? She's the girls are gone. But... She's been she's been alone on a on a high school campus. Has she? Well, I guess so because like she nun. lives there. She doesn't. That's true. I suppose you're right. She, just, why she's not? She's just happy to see another human. Okay, then enter. Nobody's been eating the lobster. <laughs> enter Nancy McKeon mm-hmm. in her motorcycle helmet. Yeah, and she says, "Is this where I'm supposed to be?" And for some reason, weirdly, electrical tape hanging from her belt loop. Like you do. As you do. Who was in wardrobe that was like, well, I guess we got to butcher up a little bit or something. So let's put some electrical tape on a string around that belt loop. It, it comes in. It like, comes, she uses yeah, it later. Like, it's, it's integral they to like, the plot oh, of Oh, we've got to give her electrical tape because of this fucking joke at the end of the episode. Yeah. No, okay. I, I'm not going to fight you on that one. <laughs> anyway. But anyhow, so Blair says, because this person has not the most feminine of faces and is wearing a motorcycle helmet. And so when this, they say the delivery boys should make the go in the rear mm-hmm. and her response is another gay reference, another gay reference, delivery boy, give me a break. Yeah. Takes off her helmet. Ponytail falls down. Complete silence from the audience. Yeah. Stunned. <laughs> they were like, we thought Philip but- Ikean came over from the Alice set to do a, a cameo. We but didn't know he had a sister. A, not even a, oh, Ooh. like a, a typical 70s overreaction audience. Like, oh, or anything. Which reinforces my uh, my hypothesis that they did not use a laugh track. Because if there was ever a time they should use a laugh track or, or, or do something to sweeten the audience response, yeah. that would have been it. Yeah. There are so many times in that first season where it's just cricket, yeah. cricket nothing and then awkwardly applause starts yeah like the applause sign went off yeah 
And yeah, that still happens in this episode. Oh God, though. yes. But yes, I just I didn't hear any other real reactions. Like when yeah. that happened, it was just kind went. of quiet. And it could be just the audience was quiet because they they saw the opening theme and were like, oh, that looks like the girl with the dark hair. That we were like, who the fuck is that? Okay. Maybe okay. they introduced her at the top of the show. I would uh, the think taping. they would have. And our newest cast member. Yeah, our newest cast member, Nancy McKeon. Who required the contract negotiation as Joe. Um, not was... until season four, right. my dear. So Nancy You're getting got so real big in her thumb. That's when she got big for her britches. <laughs> um, Literally. So they... But the thing is, without the audience reaction, it's it's in the script. Blair, I don't believe it. And Natalie says... You don't believe it. I was going to ask him to the fall dance. Yeah. Gay joke number two. And gay joke number two. And Nancy McKeon goes to to swat at Natalie. And Mindy Cohn just gives this beautiful reaction. She's very physically funny. She's really coming into her own here. Um, So very, very quickly, Blair criticizes Joe's clothing. Joe threatens violence. The sparks start to fucking fly and it is goddamn tv magic yeah and it escalates the point mrs garrett has to get between them and say would either of you girls care for a bowl of meow mix (laughs) and it gets to where mrs garrett says how about we break this up and you go look at your room assignments which are posted here in the cafeteria like you do mm-hmm, sure because you stop because clearly we always stop off in the cafeteria before we go to our dorms mm-hmm. to the it's place the drop off place yeah maybe because we want to carry our luggage from the cafeteria to the dorm as opposed yeah. to just delivering it to the dorm yeah um so it's uh when and lo and behold blair discovers that joe is her roommate mm-hmm. and it has to do with her so blair makes a comment about joe's last name polnicek uh and how it's illegible or unpronounceable, rather. And mm-hmm. Joe takes offense to that. Yeah. And Nancy McKeon is so fucking good. Yeah. Where as the episode progresses, mm-hmm. you're like, all the nuances there that this is a defense mechanism. This is just her. She's in a foreign environment. She's out of her element. And that's how Joe reacts is with the, hey, how'd you like me to rearrange your teeth? It, but But it's also very... I mean, yes, the nuances are there, quote unquote. But don't you feel like it's very blatantly, like, I mean, almost movie of the week type writing or or characterization for it? You know what I mean? It's not subtle. However, I'm not saying saying that the dialogue is subtle. But what I'm saying is what Nancy McKeon is doing and what we are later privy to with the vulnerability of her character, you watch and you're like, oh... I totally understand why she acted that way and why she would act that way. That wasn't just, a, we need a bitchy person in this scene right. to be with Blair. That's what season one did. And you talk about what a brilliant actress. Keep in mind, she's the only one not using her own accent. Oh, that's right. She's you know doing her, I mean? her her Bronx. Everything is very de Bronx. It's very used in this. Again, 14 years old. And yeah, and doing... Doesn't Leaning. even make it look apparent. It's like, I, for honest to Christ, thought Nancy McKean would sound like that if I ever met her. Yeah, I, I think so. It, I think it's... <laughs> she doesn't. 
So the yeah, like the D's and it's the like T's. The hot. So when you see an episode or something with Rue McClanahan in it, and oh, she it doesn't sound like Blanche Devereaux. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? You're like, what's happening? Or yeah. Megan Mullally not sounding like Karen like, Walker. You're like, wait, that's like, not what she sounds like. Minnie Mouse on helium. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. When I used to, Gene Stapleton, let's go back to the 70s. Yeah. Gene Stapleton would be on TV, she'd be like, hi, how you doing? Yeah. And you're like, watch her in that Eleanor Roosevelt story. And oh. You, you'll be like, oh, okay. I've not seen that. Oh, she's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, here's <laughs> the thing um, Carol O'Connor, to do Archie Bunker, lowered his voice. Yeah. So, you know, Carol O'Connor's voice, he was an old man and he talked about this, but then he'd go and say, hey there, you dingbat. Yeah. On the flip side, Jean Stapleton had a voice down here, and she would pitch it. So on a talk show, it would be, here's Carol O'Connor. Hey there, how you yeah, doing? And here's Jean Stapleton. Hi, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> and it blew my 10-year-old fucking mind. <laughs> now, um, can we talk? You mentioned that they go in to look at the list, and the list is in one of my favorite rooms. Oh, the yeah, the sort the, of lounge. The game room lounge With the cigarette area. machine. With the... <laughs> Right. And all the games up there. And that is also a pivotal room because that is where the one phone in the house is. The payphone. The payphone. And it's not a cigarette machine. It feels like it should right. it have a cigarette like is, machine. <laughs> <laughs> I but, tickled myself with that one. It really does. <laughs> but yeah, and it's it is important because that is now what the it's one of those lobby you lounge get a can of coke, but like a cup. Like fell out by <laughs> One of those, Yeah, the and, coffee machines yeah. with the cup that actually yeah. brewed. The, yeah, it's like, what is happening? But, but it's an important room. Yeah, we my do favorite use it. thing is. Did you notice the name of the game that was on the living room on the lounge table? What's the name of the game? <laughs> it's called Probe. <laughs> ah. uh, another lesbian joke. There it was. There Gay it was. joke number four, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We are 10 minutes in. Yes. To an hour-long episode. Oh, my God. This is... So, Probe is the name of the game at the girls' high school. I am I am not <laughs> familiar. Because everybody would think that was appropriate, Mrs. Garrett. Uh, sure. You're out. You're fired. Why not? She... Go yeah. back to Manhattan. Um, And uh, it turns out when Joe leaves... For, for some reason, Joe leaves, and we end up with Mrs. Garrett and Blair. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Garrett tells Blair... I'm the one that suggested the two of you be roommates. And Blair said, really? Oh, I'm glad the housing department listens to the fucking dietitian." But uh, actually, she doesn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, no. But what she does is this is our exposition about Joe. Yeah. Joe is from a tough family. Her parents split up. Her father left. Later, that story will be switched to her father is in jail. Yeah. Uh, her mother has it tough. Her mother is a waitress. That we do stick with. We always, The mother in the future is a waitress. Yep. Says that she has trouble with the law yeah. and uh, truancy, skipping school. And she's in trouble. In trouble. What? <laughs> oh, not that kind of trouble. No, she's not a whore like you were last season. <laughs> like Where? I called you. Remember? <laughs> you said whore. that. We were watching you wait. <laughs> You were like, yeah. Oh, remember, remember I, I called, called you a whore last season? Yeah, remember I slut-shamed you? <laughs> yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Now I feel bad for her. For yeah. Being a slut. Um, and then she talks about she gets caught up with a, caught up with a, a bad boyfriend as well, who's a bad influence. We'll talk a little more about him in we meet part later. two. We meet him later. Uh, yes. And he it's, comes back and wants to take her away. 
to get that's married. That's Eddie, the one that's in the Navy. But I don't... Eddie's not really a bad influence. No. I'm not sure it's the same boy. I'm not sure if they're changing their story. So I'm not sure if Eddie is... Are you Joe... telling me they... Are they... You told me the story's changed. Yeah. Okay. Season two is so good, we let them get away with it. Season one, we're like, we don't care. We're like, Molly's. We're just so happy Sue Ann's not there. I know. We're like, we're like, we're like, Molly's fucking nail polish changed color. Those those Uh, fucking assholes. They're shitty writers. But now we'll we'll forgive them anything. Sure. So, um, uh, yeah. So basically due to this is a good expositional thing to sort of introduce us to the new girl and mrs garrett very smartly uh flatters blair and says you know i think she could benefit from someone of your influence you come from a place of privilege and you're so together and stylish and well dare i say perfect Mm -hmm. and and that's where you said yeah remember when i remember when i called you a whore last year but um Blair, of course, softens. She appeals to Blair's vanity, and Blair's vanity takes the bait. And Lisa Welchel brilliantly delivering the line. Like, mm-hmm. well, when you're right, you're right. Well, yeah, right, exactly. Right before the cutoff. So they Joe comes back, and it's like, all right, will you two please... Um, oh, no, we're not there yet. Next, we go to the next scene. <laughs> we end with Blair and Mrs. Garrett. Then we go to the next scene, which is in Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. So we've just been introduced to the cafeteria scene. Mm-hmm. We've been introduced to the cafeteria lounge mm-hmm. with the games and the cigarette machine. Yeah. And now we're finally uh, meeting Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. We're meeting the set. They're helping us to explore the spaces that we right. are now going to inhabit. Um, and so she's got time alone with Joe. She had Blair time now with Joe time. And she's got a lot of alone time because did you get a look at the fucking pictures on her wall? No. Ah. Oh. Mrs. Garrett's Yeah. Wall. It's like <clears throat> Whistler's mother oh. picture. It's like these horrible, like old fashioned. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's how so... do you decorate for an old person's room? Oh, yeah. God. Anyway. Yeah. At least it's not the sombreros no. from season one. Ah. <laughs> Fucking what the fuck is with the sombreros? Somebody please. But I do appreciate from the writers. I'm sure this is. <laughs> The set decorators, they were like, well, I think we had established pretty well she's a terrible decorator. Yeah. <laughs> so let's make this better. Why would she suddenly look great in this bedroom? Yeah, yeah. Here's her- a picture of Whistler's mother <laughs> framed for the fucking wall. Her, her room in the old dorm was drab, depressing, yeah. and hideous. She's suddenly not Martha Stewart. Yeah. Um. So that's one of the few careers Mrs. Garrett has not inhabited, she his interior decorator. Um, so... Uh, we uh, have Mrs. Garrett and Joe, and Mrs. Garrett is bringing in some of the flowers from the flower bed that Joe's bike uh, motorcycle defaced. And Joe says, "Hey, do you want to help me fix? Help you fix the flowers? I got, I got my electrical. I tape. got electrical tape. Wackety schmackety. Anybody? So Blair then comes in, and Mrs. Garrett leaves them. It must come in handy to her at some point. She carries it around on her belt loop, like." <laughs> She's come to the point where before in her life, she's been like, gosh, I wish I had some electrical tape. Yeah. So then we have an exchange of Blair and Joe where they spar again. And it's they, they sort of are like, well, uh, we could try this. It could be good. That's fine. You know, all right. Maybe I was too much. And there's some apologies. But um, Blair sort of is like, that's OK. I shouldn't have come. I shouldn't have criticized your clothing. You know what? From now on, if we're roommates, 
my Jordashes or your Jordashes? Topical reference number four. Exactly. <laughs> and Joe responds with... Oh, she says, oh, so you don't mind if I take him in, <gasps> which gives us fat joke number five. Yes, but it's a fat joke directed at Blair, Blair. not Blair calling Sue Ann fat, right. who is skinnier than she is. <laughs> um, yeah. So she goes, don't mind if I take it in. And oh, Lisa Welch's reaction. God, yeah. she's so good. They're both so good. The, yeah. Again, the chemistry is palpable. You can feel them falling in love at this you point. Know. Stop. Like almost. Like they're like, oh, like God. they're going to hate kiss each other any second. Oh, it God. starts you right away. You are so wrong. I love that. You are so wrong. Um, mm-hmm. uh, then Arnold and Tootie come in. Yeah. And Arnold's, uh, Arnold is, God, he's so funny. And the material, Megan and I talked about how horrible the sexualizing of these teenage girls is. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the sexualization of an 11-year-old boy. Yeah, who he looks come, six. Who looks, yeah, who looks like a toddler. <laughs> and he comes in with Tootie, who now towers over him by several feet. And he walks in with Tootie, and he's like, hey, to Blair and Joe, he's like, this room is taken. <laughs> Meaning, it's like, so he was thinking that he was going to get Tootie in Mrs. Garrett's bedroom. Legs to, up in Mrs. Garrett's bed. What, it's like, did what <laughs> are you... You know, it's He's, like, and it, and he says something like, you know, well, we, because we're going to get it on. Like, doesn't he say get it on? He's about to bend Kim Fields over, pull up a chair, stand on it, <laughs> so he can ram her from the back. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I think he does say something like get it on. Like, it's, it's not even like, like we talked about earlier. What was Natalie going to do with Steve to delivery boy up in her room? I was like. She probably wanted to listen to records and maybe hold hands, maybe yeah. a, a steal a smooch. Yeah. He says, get it on. He's like, I need this room to fuck this chick. Yeah. And <laughs> sure, totally appropriate, 1980. Um, Again, the thing that could, well, does it happen nowadays? Like they don't have, you know, because part of the comedy in is it that he's so young, he has no idea. What yeah, to hell to do with her. Yeah, you know, and but, Tootie is wonderfully gracious in rebuffing and spurning him. As it were, you can see Kim Fields when he leaves after that scene when he brings her in there when he leaves. That reaction she has is so real. Yeah, of the big smile and the God, I yeah. just love this kid because you do. You just loved him. Yeah, it's Arnold. Yeah. Not not gonna fuck you. No, but you're just God. So, no, yeah. I don't wanna fuck you. <laughs> but there, there is his exit line: the magic of Gary Coleman. Yeah, he's like, she's like, thanks, Arnold, but we girls want some alone time. And he's like, damn it, like how did I brought her up here to have her alone? Yeah, and now she's tell she's giving me the brush off. <laughs> and so he says to her, he looks at her and goes. Later, baby. <laughs> Willis Wink. told me to say that. Yeah. And then he winks at her and says, that's mine. <laughs> and walks away and he delivers it so perfectly. And Kim Fields cracks up at it. Yeah. And it's adorable. It's it's like, oh my God. It is so Gary Coleman. You know why he is such a big star and why. We, we talked about this. We talked because we haven't seen him since you yeah. and I last. And this is his last appearance on the show. He never comes back? Nope. Okay, I didn't remember if that happened or not. No. Nope. Okay, so now we're at the point where it's like, okay, um, 2D's And he room? also references the Today Show. The NBC says, she goes, because, oh, that's later. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, right, he does, later. Um, 
So we have Blair and Joe and Tootie now in the room. And Joe says, so what do you do around here for men? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's when we learn. That's when we learn. They, they, Bates Academy is a mile away. Thank you for telling us geographically what is going on. Yeah. And uh, preppy heaven. Oh, oh, and what do you do for men? Natalie comes in. Oh, I came in Ooh. just in time. Boy crazy Natalie is a joy. She is every single 14-year-old gay boy gay that boy. was watching Exactly. <laughs> well, like, I just came in nick of time. This is the conversation's getting juicy. We're talking a, about the D. Oh, man. <laughs> when Joe walks in, she's like, I was about to take her upstairs and ask her out. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's, oh, God, I love it. I love Natalie so fucking much. Um, so then it becomes a Blair and Joe, you know, Blair's like, I'm dating a boy, which we never hear about. Blair's never really connected to one guy anyhow she says i'm dating a boy who's a senior he's 19 yeah and one of them says i think his tootie says yeah he's slow but he's cute it's yeah. like yeah if you're 19 and you're a senior, senior. yeah sure. that's a uh, funny I, that's, I thought it was funny <laughs> smart um, smart um so it ends up being a no i'm not talking about high school boys i'm talking about men yeah. joe is like i'm worldly i and wouldn't she's 14 yeah but they've just given a 14-year-old girl 14-year-old yeah but i think what is going on here is she's playing she's playing Blair's age i i think what's you're probably right it's 14 blair is 17 i think what's happening is lisa welchel is playing younger than she actually is because as of this point they, they graduate, graduate like the next year don't no, they no 2 years later okay they graduate <laughs> at the end of season 4 okay so therefore, at this point, um, they're sophomores. Blair, yeah, Blair and Joe are sophomores. We later, so. we they, I don't think they've sorted this out at this point. But later, it's like, oh, we do have to kind of get them fifteen-ish. We have to figure out who they are and where. And it finally lands in a later, maybe might even not till next season. But it's like Blair and Joe are the same grade. They are both at this point sophomores in high school. Sophomores in high school would be. 15 or 16 because you could you're 17 or 18 when you yeah, graduate 15 or 16. yeah so nancy mckeon is playing a year or two older lisa welch was playing a year or two younger right but they're physically handing a 14 year old girl these lines these lines read. of yeah it's like yeah, where do you find the men <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh speaking of blanche Devereaux. Oh god yeah so they are sophomores that makes mindy uh, i'm sorry it makes natalie a freshman and that makes 2D one year behind, so eighth grade. Sure. That is where we are, though it has not yet been explicitly stated. Um, so it becomes a, a debate of, well, and somebody brings up the chuggle. I don't even pay attention to this. Somebody brings up this bar called the chuggle. Oh, you mean men? Like, you know, where do men... Natalie do brings pay? it up. She where, knows where, where to find the boys women, and the booze. Yeah, where do adult women go to find adult men? Well, the Chuggalug bar out on the freeway or something. Because that's where the college guys hang out. Is, it, that's is that what, what it is? Says. Okay. Yeah. That's how she knows it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it becomes a, well, you wouldn't do, yes, I would, or or you chicken. It becomes a, yeah. okay, we end up with this dare. Because kids, back in the 80s, you could end a lot of arguments with a pointed insult or a threat a like threat. that. Or a, are you chicken? Are you that chicken? That ended a lot of ended a lot of fights. That did absolutely. It made a lot of people do a lot of stupid yeah. things. Um, and so it ends up with the okay. 
we are going to go to the Chuggalug bar. The Chuggalug bar. And we are going to see which one of us can pick up a guy first. Yeah. That's really what it boils mm-hmm. down to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut to the cafeteria. Um, does Mrs. Garrett come back Oh, but in? there's the gay joke in there. <gasps> Give me the gay. It's because isn't it where they say that they're going to go with them, right? And um, that's down in the that's down in the cafeteria where they come up with the plot. They come back down okay. to the cafeteria, sit around the table, and and nobody else is in the cafeteria. We have no other students no, they arriving. Run of the house. No, um, but then Tootie and Natalie are like, "Well, we're going with you," and like, "What do you mean going with?" It? And Tootie that's says, "Later, though. That's in the next episode." Yeah, next episode we get the extras. They they save their money. Um, so Tootie and Natalie say, "We're gonna we're coming with you," and they're like. Why? And Tootie says, if you leave me behind, you leave my mouth behind. (laughs) And Joe says, would she really snitch on us? And Blair says, Blair says, yes, she is the tattletale. That has not fucking changed. Lesbian reference number eight, though. I mean, just if you're keeping track, students. What what is If you leave me behind, you leave my mouth behind. How many (laughs) lesbians have said that? (laughs) I've said it to men before. <laughs> leave me, leave my mouth behind. I'm just saying. And and did they stay? No, no. <laughs> I'm here doing a facts of life podcast. What do you think? Well, Jesus, <laughs> I, I I didn't know I was taking up your dance no, card, Matthew. You're not. I'm you're so not. sorry. It's the only person on it. Uh, <laughs> so the, the um, bet has so, been so, laid. Huh? The bet has been laid. The bet has been laid, and in the cafeteria. Blair says, oh, we can't go there. That bar is five miles away because I have an innate sense of mileage and distance. Yep. And I know that it's five miles away and we don't even have MapQuest right now. Um, and Joe says, I saw that there's a van over there. That's the school van. Yep. We can just take that. And she's like, you can't take it. And he's like, yeah, we can hotwire it. But a gray line delivery from Lisa Welchall. Oh, oh, that's right. Guys. That's right. We can hotwire the van. And Lisa Welchel says, It's already got a heater. Uh-huh. And the, the side look to Natalie and Judy, who are out of screen, it's like it's, Lisa Welchel's going, Am I right? Yeah. Genius. G. Fucking Yes. Perfect. It's got a heater. Perfect, Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it ends with. Does it end? This, and this is going to be. This is going to be some kind of a another gay reference. Is this where Natalie says, "My first shot at voyeurism"? Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna watch through I, the window. Yeah. you dirty old pervert. Yeah, because you can't get in the bar. You two, we no. can't. One of the arguments to not bring them is you're too young. And she's okay. like, "We'll just watch from the outside through the window. Yeah. It'll be my first venture into voyeurism." Yeah. Also known as speaking for every gay man. Porn. Porn. Um hanging out in locker rooms. Yeah. And so the last the last line before we go to commercial. Yeah. Now that the plans the best laid plans have been laid. Um some this is gonna be some kind of a semester or something like that. And it's like, oh girl, you ain't whistling Dixie. And I'm on board. I am so there. And we go to commercial. Now we come the end of the episode. No, that's the end of the commercial. We're halfway through. We oh are only God. halfway through. Shut up, Matthew. Okay. Oh, no. Got shut it. up, David. Um, we come back from commercial at the exterior of the Chuggalug bar. 
Uh, we have the hilarious... Which okay. is apparently in a greenhouse because it's just surrounded by windows. <laughs> it's they just... couldn't afford walls. They could afford glass. One of those bars that's like all windows. Yep. Uh, next lesbian joke, Joe trying to walk in high heels. Yep. yep. With jeans on. With jeans on. <laughs> and Blair says, I told you not to wear high heels with jeans. It's tacky. And it still is. What? And it, it always was. There was a time. Was it? Was there? I, when? Was when was there? that time? I... No. I don't know that no. I, you would know better than I. But it speaks to a it speaks to a certain class of individual. If you go to a bar named the Chugalug, chances are good there's going to be a woman in jeans and heels and socks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there is an interesting little moment. Open toed heels too. By open the way. To- yeah. Um, <laughs> there is an interesting moment where. It's like, okay, we're going on in. Go. And Joe was like, yeah, all right. Unless you want to go first. There is a little hesitation on the part of Joe. And it's, the, again, the nuance of she's not as tough as she's appearing yeah. to be. Look at this is a little part of me. I'm a scaredy get. I'm a scared little girl. I'm, I'm a frightened little girl. Yeah. Who will punch your fucking teeth out. Um, so they go up to the bar. <laughs> and another, God, Lisa Welchel. Walks up. They sit at the bar. And Joe says, give us two brews. And Blair says, uh, one brew. I'll have a beer. How many times in your adult <laughs> life have you used that line, though? A brew? How many have you ever used it in life? Like, it's one of those that's in the back pocket. I'm just waiting for somebody next to me to order a brew. So I can say, one uh, brew. I'll uh, have a beer. Beer. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I have because I have turned it around before, though, just to use it. When somebody will say, can I get a beer? And they'll say, one beer, I'll have a brew. <laughs> and then I'll be like, look how butch I am. You know what I mean? Like, I use it in, in, as a comedy tool. Oh, but my it's God. It's a great fucking line. Oh, but it's... Oh, home run. Just... Home run. <laughs> to just say, Blair is, again, just funny, but but... But honest to the character. And Blair wouldn't know so what a fucking quick. brew is. Mm-mm. Earlier, Blair is like, who are Larry, Moe, and Curly? <laughs> um, she hands her a plunger in the, the flash flood. And Blair's like, what does this do? It's like, no, fuck you. She knows what a plunger is. And she's heard of Larry, Moe, and Curly. That's, ugh. I love her, though. But, love yeah, her. this is like, yes, that is that is good writing to character. However, you. you did not mention the hunk of man that, oh, st- that the, the ID checker that is just. Oh, oh my God. How anyway, did I, how did I miss that? It's just, it's just a, a beaut, like a 1980s beautiful, like what Perfect. was a beautiful man in 1980. Perfect. You know what I mean? Big, but big beefy, like uh, a bodyguard. Yeah. A bouncer Who type. looks like he's 30. Yeah. But oh. he was 19 probably because it's a college bar. So he's yeah. probably 21 or whatever. Yeah. And we, we guesstimated. We're like, he's like 60 now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, we missed something earlier. And when I say we, I mean I, because I... I'm the one doing Copious all the talking. Copious notes. Here. Copious. I have like, there's more ink than paper on my page. Um, the thing is, earlier, it's like, how are we going to get into the bar? We can't go to the Chuggalog bar. You need to be 18. And Joe produces an ID saying that she's 18. And Blair is like, you're not 18. That's a fake. And oh, she's yeah. like, yeah, I do beautiful work. And I always carry a spare. So I need a picture of you. And Blair is like, 
you know, it's easy. I just need a picture of you. And she's like, well, maybe easy for you. And she pulls out a wallet. Now, here's where show facts of life. I'm going to say you had a little misstep here. What? Blair pulls out a Velcro wallet. Oh, okay. But they were stylish. That was the thing in 1980. Blair would have a nice leather wallet with a gold-plated and a checkbook. But you, you know would, Blair has a checkbook. Yes, but you would also think um, Blair, knowing that Blair would wear Jordache mm-hmm. in 1980, I think Jordache probably put out a wallet that had... Vel- Girl, I, Velcro was about to take over the fucking world. I, I, Remember ugh. Velcro I know, shoes? I know Velcro, Velcro wallets have fallen significantly out of fashion and on pants it was everywhere yeah i i know it was the new thing but i still i'm not sure i buy it but anyway all right lisa welcho does a great funny blair having to go through her pictures she's like she whips out pulls out the the 75 the photo album yeah the long carried again comedy evergreen pulling out the thing and having the 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 (laughs) strip of photos just drop out like a damn ticker tape. It's I like it my Carol Channing one woman show when uh, she auditions in my show that I wrote about Carol Channing, where I play Carol Channing. She auditions for Stephen Sondheim. Oh, does she? And she shows up with what you think is the piece of paper in her hand, and you hear Sondheim say, "Did you have a chance to look over the song?" And I drop it, and it's like nineteen pages long. <laughs> and yes. she goes for a second, for a second. <laughs> but anyway, it's enough about never- me. Never not funny. Never not funny. No, it's a classic gag. And uh, what that does is that sets up the dramatic tension of when they get to the bar and Mm -hmm. the bouncer is looking at their IDs. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my God, are they going to get in or are they not going to get in? And so that's a lovely moment. Because we are getting towards the end of the episode. I hope they get in. Yeah, I I do too. (laughs) Wow. That would would have been a twist. All right. Um, And Tootie and Natalie are crouched out outside watching through the glass, by the way. They're just sitting there. Yeah. And not even like right by the front door. No. Like not even off to the side. They are literally on their knees In, by the, the front door. The main picture window with the Chuggalug bar neon yeah. sign. Neon sign yeah. over it. Un, <laughs> as unsubtle as unsubtle can be. Um, so uh, the guy they go over to that, that precipitates them walking up to mm-hmm. the bar to order their drinks. Two high school girls. You know, they to, love to find a guy that's balding. Um, and a, a man who is hairy, not, not unattractive. Else. He's like 1980 attractive. 19, 19, uh, um, 1980s five. I'll give it. <laughs> no, I think he's better looking than that. But it is a little. One would expect if it was a college bar, we would have had a slightly more youthful appearing. Yeah, man. I would have recast the guy from the ID checker as the guy they hit on. Agreed. You know, yeah. or somebody that age, I would have. I don't know, but yeah, it's just creep he's, out. As as we, he talks more and as we get into, I'm like, okay, I guess he's not that bad. But the initial was like, ooh, really? yeah. But no, he was fine. I didn't. But I even didn't still, him. like immediately, his arms go around the girls. He's like, hey, immediately. And, yeah, he gets all. Like he's barely creepy. said a word. To, they've said hello, and he's creeping and his on. His arms are around both yeah. of them. And, yeah, standing between them and and macking on both of them. It's like ew. It's, is that what the kids say? Is macking a word? I think so. Yeah. In 1980. Yeah. Um. So the deal is, uh, this starts off this. Oh, and he says something about the beautiful girls. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene is him. They've ordered their beers. And mm-hmm. now the, the the plan is in motion of, okay, this is the guy they're going to try to get. 
And the old-fashioned bar decoration, the set decorator. Again, I got to give him a hand because mm. there's a, a bowl of, of pretzels. Yeah. Remember those days? The, the bowl of pretzels. And you'd get, go Is to the a bartender... bar and there'd be a bowl, like a cereal bowl yeah. full of it was, peanuts. It's, it's the, the, um, the wooden latticework bowl that the salads were also served yeah, in. Yeah. That everybody put their hands in. Ew. Oh, Oh, can you imagine how many people have touched those pretzels? Yeah, and there's no bottle of Purell next to it. That's but they all lived, didn't they? Yeah, I know. Interesting. They had better immune systems than we fucking do. You never hear about anybody being like, "Well, we got hepatitis." How? Well, there was this bar called the Chuggalot, and they had pretzels in a bowl. Nowadays. I get a flu shot every year, and I still catch the fucking flu. The fucking it's flu. just not that bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, so... But if wh- somebody double dips in a fucking jar of salsa <laughs> at work, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. How is dear? wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so I just love the... It's really like a step back in time to see, like, the decorations. There's a jukebox, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and there's a bar with ashtrays and stuff and just yeah and oh yeah there were two ashtrays you're yeah. right there were two uh, empty right. ashtrays bet- no, right next but- to the yeah how many drunk people accidentally ashed into those pretzels <laughs> i can tell you from experience more than one and was there a bartender with a white rag twisting it inside a glass because that i is believe kind of there a- was yeah because the guy had, with someone the had served in their beers glasses but yeah, remember so him? It, they showed again, got him a real awkward long close up. Oh, that's right. The bartender is like they give him the they, reaction shot. Those from big thick to plastic, beers. yeah, plastic aviator Coke bottle glasses, which Who looks forty five. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Like an eighties nineteen eighties two. He's yeah, not. He even, was yeah. No, he was fucking, not. No, those college girls are sucking him off. No, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now we cut back to Mrs. Garrett's room, where Arnold is hanging out with Arnold Mrs. Garrett. The beans. Mrs. Garrett is on her bed reading "War and Peace" while she does yoga. While she does aerobics. leg lifts, yeah, leg lifts. <laughs> and in order to facilitate that, the very smart skirt suit she was wearing now is a pantsuit. It's the same burgundy jacket, but it now has pants. Yeah, and it is the quintessential Mrs. Garrett costume. Like, if you ever do a Facts of Life live stage Uh show, I think that's the outfit I'd put her in. But we we need to see the blouse, though, underneath. I see her as blouse and skirt, not blazer necessarily. That's a little... She's particularly put together this episode, again, because she's not working. We don't see her actually in the cafeteria. No, she didn't change that outfit the whole thing, does she? Anyway. Maybe not. I don't know. But the deal is, she changed her... She's still wearing... The jacket. Yeah, She's but... wearing the jacket and the pants. Or no. Yeah. Pants. I Maybe she... I think the jacket's come off, maybe. Uh-uh. But... I don't think that jacket comes off. Okay. Maybe it's I attached. Um, but the thing is, she's... Yeah. Doing Reading this ridiculous... Reading piece while she does aerobics. Leg lifts. <laughs> it's like, okay. And Arnold is there. And you know what? We don't need to belabor this scene. It is basically Arnold... Moving the plot along and saying, yeah. I overheard the girls. And they gave him the scene that um, Kim Fields would have had if they couldn't get. Right. Arnold. This would have been Tootie spilling <clears throat> the right. beans. Because back in he the day. says, he tells what happened because Tootie told him. 
That's right. Tootie yeah. told him. Well, because he overheard them when yeah. they were hot wiring the van. Yeah. So Tootie had to say, look, this is what we're doing and don't tell anybody. Mm. So he immediately goes and tells Mrs. Garrett. Um, and Mrs. Garrett is like, but the van is missing. You think, and she, and he says like, yeah, they said something about uh, not using a key. They hot wired it? It's like, and they mentioned they were going to go to a drink place. The Chuggalug Bar? What a perfect it's like, place. She, for them to say no i think it already had heaters or yeah. something like a reference back to yeah that would have been hot wired <laughs> but the thing is you know very quickly this scene honestly yeah. the it, what this scene may lack in intellectual subtlety mm-hmm. it it gets the plot moving along and that's all we need it for and it ends with her going arnold watch television i'll be right back yeah and we never see him again. I'm going to leave you home alone. In, in 1980. Yeah. And he also referenced, that's the scene where he references the Today Show. Something happens and she goes, oh, he goes, oh, you saw it on the Today Show too. Or something. Oh, the hot wiring maybe? And I don't know, but he is um, really NBC's like little robot is uh, what he was at yeah. that point in his career. Yeah. He was like, Yeah. He's, he's too. It's like not only we've got him, people will watch the show because of him. Let's promote this show. Like the execs were watching this writing. I feel yeah. like, and they were like, "Okay, there's a we need a reference to the t- this or Today some show, other yeah. NBC." When she stuff said, or, "Arnold, watch television," he, I'm surprised he didn't say, "You mean right. Chips or Little House on the Prairie?" Right, exactly. Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> have surprised me. So, uh, yeah. So the deal is, um, basically, Mrs. Garrett quickly. Uh, becomes hip to the jive mm-hmm. of what is happening with the girls. So now we're back at the uh, bar. The guy is guessing what school the girls go to by judging their appearance. Right. Never mind that Eastland is only five miles away. Five miles he away. He doesn't even guess there. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. And he ends up, he thinks Joe goes to Sarah Lawrence. Or Langley She's, would be close. He doesn't Langley College. Yeah. yeah. We Langley hasn't been built yet in the writer's room um but then he says to blair you're going to secretarial school and blair's like excuse the fuck out of me yeah he's like well either that or beauty school and she's like yeah she basically throws down is like have you ever heard of warner textile mills yeah which ding it used to be the warner fashion warner was a fashion thing in that family tree uh show where she had the fashion stuff and then the um Fredericks of Hollywood negligees mm. showed up instead. The Warner. So Warner was a fashion company before. And now suddenly it's Warner Textile Mills. Mm. That is a, a slight tweak to earlier information. That is changing. That's that's retconning what mm-hmm. Blair's father does. But it's a smart one. Warner Textile Mills. That sounds like something a rich person owns. Sure. As opposed to Warner Fashion. Well, yeah. What does he do? Does it kmart and zayer i mean um but so she is getting mad and tootie and natalie from outside voyeurs quickly see that blair is getting mad and that it's almost getting physical so they say we got to go in and help her yeah this is a little contrived little contrived it's contrived but it's also a weird girl power moment because blair ain't taken ain't letting a man insult her no and i love that that gives the girls watching it that might have been that age like kind of i don't know like a glimpse of that 
you are in control of yeah. the situation and you have every right to tell somebody to fuck off. Yeah, I'm on board. You feel insulted by a man, older or not, fuck off, motherfucker. And uh-huh. I liked it. However, she's insulted because it's like secretary, secretary. shaming. You know what secretary, I mean? Or, like, or hairdresser yeah, shaming. God or forbid cosmet- you become a hairdresser. Cosmetologist. So, like, I wish he would have like insulted her for a different reason or yeah. had a different thing. But anyways, it's, it's 1980, and it's, it was kind of hey, a good girl power we'll, moment. We'll take, hey, 9 to 5 came out this right. year. That was no a, point. Does she lose control of the situation? Yeah. And I think it's just that, if you think of it, she's more insulted that those are working class. Yeah. Oh, completely. I, it, it's a classist thing. It's not a, I don't, it's not a, a diss to those careers, no. but it's just one of those, um, and I'm, it's a, also I'm certainly a rich not a, bitch. Yeah. It's yeah. certainly not a Me Too moment or anything, no. but it's just, it's no. great to love, like, have them give permission for this little girl to be like, oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Mrs. Garrett shows up and she's like, okay, now, what are you doing? And you'll already at this point, the kids, the Natalie and Tootie have walked in, right? The ID checker like yeah. stands up, but then the it's bouncer. like, eh. Yeah, I'll sit back down. Yeah, well, you don't no, see him anymore. Well, doesn't he say, or does is it the 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 well? Anyway, Mrs. Garrett comes in, and nobody in the bar, the extras, nobody's watching no. the action that's going nope. on. They're, nobody cares. They're playing their darts, they are talking. They're yeah. standing right behind them, not even looking. Yeah. At the, <laughs> so Mrs. Garrett comes in, and well, the guy that. Uh, Blair and Joe have been flirting with reveals himself to be Officer Schuler of the Peak Skill Police. Bum, ba-dum, bum. Bum. <laughs> bum, ba-dum, bum. And so he's like, Yeah, I was on to you girls as soon as you came in. I know you had fake IDs and you've been drinking beer. Mrs. Garrett tries to soft pedal it and downplay it and tries please. to flirt. Tries to flirt. Clap and flash in her eyelashes. She's to... You don't have... I mean, no. it's what girl does and leave. Anyway. Yes, it's just harmless. <laughs> and um, then we hear a crash outside. Yeah. And it's like, girls, where did you park the van? We parked it right out at that place near the thing. That's not a place near a thing. That's a one-way alley. Yeah. And... What do we get from Tootie? We are in trouble. Tootie's catchphrase. Oh. Before the first half hour is over, we get it. And in all of its glory. I would like it known that no, it's weird that he's a cop because he did make the first move. Yeah. Like, he put his hands on them. He put his hands on them. Yeah. And wrapped um, his arms around them. So yeah. She was right. It was entrapment. Yeah. It kind of was. <laughs> it ends with... Uh, him saying, I'm taking him down to the station. And Tootie dumps a pitcher of beer over his head. Yeah. Which is the, escalates the situation. It's like, I'm taking all of you down to the station. Okay. No. Freeze frame. To be continued. In a weird freeze frame on the on the cop, too. Like, yeah. his eyes are bugged out. And he's like, <laughs> he looks crazy person. Wow. And but. in the true spirit of to be continued, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast... Matthew and I are signing off, yeah. and this podcast episode is also to be continued. We're going to pee. And that too. So Matthew and I are going to stop right now yeah. to be continued next week. Of course, we're just going to continue 
in the same session oh, and record it. Okay. I get to crank out two episodes in one night. Woohoo! <laughs> and I'm going to crank out something no, else no. when I get... No. Oh, dear. We're not talking about that. Wow. Um, on that note... Yeah. And there you have it. That's Matthew Arter, back for more. I can't wait for you to hear part two of this episode. It's also a lot of fun. So, as they say, tune in next week for the exciting conclusion. But before we go, gotta do my business. Let's Face the Facts has been hosted, narrated, edited, produced, graphic designed, and engineered by me, David Almeida. Subscribe, rate, and please review the show. If you will take the extra minute to write some words and not just click the stars, I would love you from here to the moon and back, because I'm told that does make a difference. Check out the show's website, facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. That's where you'll find fun extras, ways to connect to me by email or social media, links to the show on your favorite podcatchers, and audio excerpts from the digital cutting room floor. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, the facts of life are all about you.